You're listening to the Hawaii Bankruptcy Podcast with attorneys Lars Peterson and Rick Abelman. The points that we're going to discuss here are legal principles that have application in generality to those listening. This is not intended to be legal advice for your specific situation, and you are not a client of our firm unless we have a written engagement agreement. And today we'll be talking about, I filed a bankruptcy, now what? So the very first thing to tell you is congratulations, you're on your way to a fresh start. Uh, you've taken the step uh, to you know, responsibly take care of your problems, of the financial situation, the, the issues that you faced, and uh, that's really uh, the best thing that can happen because now, now you're close and uh, that fresh start uh, will lead to a discharge of almost all your debts or possibly all of them and will really unburden you and allow you to focus on what you need to focus on. So practically speaking... Uh, what happens when your case is filed, um, your creditors are no longer allowed to communicate with you, to contact you any longer. So um, you got our phone number, you got our emails, you know where our office is, you let us know if people contact you, any creditors, or you receive any documents, paperwork, uh, usually within a few days or maximum, usually a week. Uh, the bankruptcy court has notified all the creditors, so everybody should know that they cannot communicate with you any longer. And that usually is a great stress reliever for many of our clients who uh, are happy that now we have to deal with the creditors on their behalf. Uh, that stay is automatic. Uh, it's not something that uh, has to be um, you know, triggered or activated in some way. It starts with the bankruptcy filing. Now, of course, your creditors need some time to become aware of that. There's a mailing that goes out from the bankruptcy court. Uh, we often will alert creditors in uh, certain urgent situations, uh, specifically to their attorneys or by calling them uh, if there's an imminent action to let them know that the bankruptcy stays in place. But uh, that stay is one of the most critical components of a bankruptcy filing. And that relief is something that is uh, pretty important and the court takes very seriously. Uh, the next step after you file is generally a waiting period of between 20 and 40 days during which a meeting of creditors or Section 341 meeting is scheduled. That meeting is where you will meet with the trustee who's assigned to administer your case. Um, and the trustee will have an opportunity to ask questions of you about uh, your name, your identification, your social security information to verify that it is you that filed, and then some certain questions about the nature of the documents that you filed and the contents thereof. It's a mandatory meeting for every single debtor, so everybody who has filed a bankruptcy case, regardless of Chapter 7 or Chapter 13, it is not a court hearing. Uh, your presence uh, is mandatory. Um, and currently, and probably for the foreseeable future, these will actually be held by Zoom, audio only, uh, so which is helpful, uh, but you have to make time for it. And uh, usually we will be calling you beforehand, providing you with a set of questions that will be asked by the trustee, and also walk you through and, and remind you uh, what 
things, the, what questions the trustee uh, may ask. Uh, and uh, it's about, as Rick said, uh, usually it's about a month uh, after the case is filed approximately. And like we said, it is required. What you got to make sure you have is provided your ID and social security card or any other proof of social security number so that the meeting uh, can go forward. If you file the Chapter 7 case, then usually there's only one trustee meeting. Uh, sometimes that meeting gets continued uh, when the trustee has a couple of additional questions and, and needs some information to review some documents. Sometimes it's bank statements or, or the like. Oftentimes it's just a placeholder and you may not even have to appear at the continued one. Um, if you're in a Chapter 13 case, um, usually there's also only one uh, meeting with the trustee and then about another month after that, there is a confirmation hearing. And that confirmation hearing uh, concerns that Chapter 13 plan that we have filed in your case, which lays out exactly how we propose uh, to take care of, of the debt and of, of every financial creditor. Uh, so, for example, if you had $10,000 in mortgage arrears and they are put into the plan, then we've put in there that that 10000 will be caught up on for the duration or during the duration of the Chapter 13 case. And basically that plan, when it's up for confirmation, all the creditors, you know, they have to get notice uh, so that they understand also what's, what's happening and uh, they can file an objection if they disagree with something, if an amount is off or, or the likes. And usually the good thing for you is you don't have to deal very much with it. We will request information from you if necessary, but generally either Rick or I will be going uh, to court uh, and handle those. In the Chapter 7, after the trustee meeting, there's generally nothing that happens for the next couple of months until your discharge enters and the case finishes. Uh, you will need to do the second section of credit counseling or the debtor education course at some time before the discharge enters. But in most cases for the Chapter 7, you can sit back and relax until we call you and tell you that your case is done. In the Chapter 13, of course, you're on the payment plans that Lars just discussed, and those payments need to start generally within about two weeks of filing the case, and they're monthly thereafter. So make sure you're making those planned payments and uh, there's some other ongoing obligations that you need to be aware of as you're in the Chapter 13 because, of course, you're planning on something that's going to last for three to five years. So uh, some of those ongoing things Lars is going to discuss. Yeah, and just quickly back to the plan payment. So the first plan payment has to be received by the trustee within 30 days, so basically one month after filing. We usually recommend, because a trustee uh, takes some time to process the payments, uh, that you send it in two weeks after your case is filed and then keep a monthly schedule thereafter. Because if we have to go to court or the trustee meeting and every time you are just slightly delayed on the payment, then that will always present an issue. So what we want to make sure is that you're on track with the trustee payment, which means that your plan is working fine and that we should be able to get it confirmed and that you will hopefully hear very little from us for the duration of the remainder of the, the three to five years your plan will be lasting. Um, the trustee has uh, actually a, a program that he uh, recommends. Uh, it's called TFS Bill Pay, 
and uh, there is a small fee for it for the payment processing but you can basically set that up electronically and until your payments change or, or anything uh, you can basically leave that untouched and have your payment processed automatically uh, a couple of the other uh, requirements that Rick mentioned already are you will have to provide annually copies of your filed income tax returns. What we usually recommend is that you file the returns and once they are filed, you provide electronic copies to us. You can email them to us and we will upload them to a secure portal uh, for the trustee uh, so he can uh, review all the tax returns. We need the federal and state income tax returns. Always also include the W-2s. And if you receive uh, large income portions as an independent contractor, then we will also need your 1099s. We won't need any small 1099s um, for interest uh, or dividends or the like, but the big ones, If, like I said, if you're a contractor and, and your main source of income is not from a W-2, not from employment and payroll, then please send those 1099s too. Now, very important, if you receive refunds, tax refunds, you generally will be required to turn those over to the trustee. And for most debtors, that will be on top of your plan payments. So it doesn't accelerate anything, save you anything. It's just an additional uh, payment uh, that you have to make to the trustee for distribution to the creditors. Uh, Rick always calls it, it's the creditor special because you're giving them some extra money and you don't want to do that. You want to plan so that you adjust your exemptions so that you uh, at the end of the year get at best, a very small income tax refund so you don't lose a lot of money that would only go to the trustee and cannot be kept. Uh, chapter 13 is a flexible program that's designed to follow your life circumstances as they change for the three to five years. So if something changes, you lose your job, you, uh, you know, win the lottery... I don't know. Any, any of that kind of stuff happens, uh, you should let us know. Uh, we can help you try to adjust your plan accordingly uh, so that you can, you know, get what you need done. Sometimes cars break down. Sometimes you need to refinance your house. Things happen, and we're here to help you fix that with the court. So just let us know. Keep us informed. Communication is key to keep a Chapter 13 going until you reach the discharge. That's generally what we're looking at post Actual filing, uh, there is a process, shorter for the 7, longer for the 13, but we're here to help out on both cases. And yeah, and life circumstances change, so if you do need a new car, if you need to refinance your house, if you need to buy a house or you need to sell a house, it's all possible in bankruptcy. So generally, get in touch with us, keep us posted, and uh, then we can usually adjust in many, many circumstances in a very good way you know, that jives along with, with what your plans are. So uh, if you have any questions, you know where to find us. Thank you for listening to the Hawaii Bankruptcy Podcast.